You're listening to TMI with Christine, a show where we give you way too much information about meal planning and time management. Hey, hey, this is Christine Pittman, and you're listening to TMI, where we give you way too much information about meal planning and time management. Why? So that you don't have to get that information for yourself. We do the research, we come up with the ideas, so that you can streamline your life with very little effort. And you can listen to this podcast from anywhere while you're doing anything. You can listen while you're driving to work, while you're doing the laundry. You can even listen while you're having a massage. Well, Maybe not while having a massage. That doesn't sound very relaxing. Time management and massage. Enjoy your time with the masseuse. This will wait for you after. Anyhow, I'm going to dive in today with a really interesting little story about my life, I guess, or from my life. About two summers ago, I was visiting my friend Megan in DC. She was there for a engineering internship. It was very exciting. And she was working every day while I was there. And so we were just hanging out in the evenings and I was doing my own thing during the day. One of the evenings, she wanted to order pizza and she wanted us to each get our own pizza because she wanted to have leftovers to take to work for a couple of days. So fine, we're going to each order a pizza. And I'm looking at the menu and I just, I couldn't decide what I wanted. And it was because... I hadn't ordered pizza just for myself in, I don't even know how long, maybe college, like seriously, like maybe 25 years. And I didn't know what I wanted on pizza. If I'm not trying to think about what my kids like or don't like or what anyone else might want, if I'm not worrying about who's going to eat these leftovers, what do I actually want on my pizza? The same thing happened on that trip in a completely different context. Um, I was spending a day in D.C. and I wanted to go visit some Smithsonian museums. And so I'd asked the advice of a few friends um, who had spent some time there, like which ones were the best. And they pointed me to, well, the Air and Space Museum and I can't remember the names. Anyways, it doesn't really matter. I went to the Air and Space Museum because it had been so highly recommended And I was in there and I was, I found myself in the Wright Brothers Exhibition Hall. And there's that, that first plane that they flew in there. It's super exciting. And my son had just done a project on the Wright Brothers for school, like literally a month before this. And I was on this trip without him and I was like, oh my God, I need to bring Jeremy here. And I'm taking pictures of this plane and I'm walking around this amazing museum thinking, oh my God. My son would love this. Oh my God, my boyfriend would love this. And I I realized at some point, wait a minute, but I don't love this. I'm thinking about bringing these people here to show it to them, but I don't actually like it. Okay, so which Smithsonian Museum should I go to? So you see the museum and the pizza, they're they're very, very similar things. Um, What had happened and this is maybe critical to this story, is that I was going through a divorce at this time. And this was one of the first weeks that my kids were with my ex for a week and I was free to do my own thing. And one of the things I was realizing was that 
I don't really know who I am super much anymore, or I didn't really know what I liked. If I'm not worrying about anybody else, what do I want to eat? What do I want to do? And at the same time as all of this, of course, my meal planning had really been shifting because every second week I was by myself, just cooking for myself. And then I have my kids there the other week, but without another adult around. So I'm cooking like for my kids and me. And I was I was struggling with eating properly, being excited about eating. Uh, it was a tough time. And I think this DC trip was really when I realized that a huge part of the problem was that I'd spent, you know, a decade raising my kids and thinking about their likes and dislikes and what they needed, that I'd kind of forgotten myself. And I needed to start thinking about what I liked. And I needed to start thinking about what I liked, not just when I was on vacation and not just when I was ordering food, but all the time. Because it's really hard to be cooking and eating and meal planning and doing any kind of errands or activities if I'm not actually interested in them. So the point, I guess, that I'm trying to make is that we as parents often lose sight of what our preferences are and that can make it really hard to be motivated and excited about the food that we're cooking and the shopping that we're doing and the meal planning that we're doing. And so today I'm going to focus a bit on adding adult flavors and preferences to our meals, even if there are kids involved in that meal time. And I've got a fun interview with my friend Ryan, who is one of the people who recommended the Air and Space Museum to me, actually. Um, and he doesn't have kids. And so his take on meal planning cooking is a bit different than mine. So we're going to talk about that. And I'm going to give you some tips for making meals a little bit more exciting for you. And I have a meal plan at the end of the show that is all recipes that are totally kid-friendly with some really tasty, amazing grown-up updates. So keep listening. It's going to be a really cool show. talking about is something that I think happens to a lot of us, or at least it happened to me. And that's how we can invest so much time and energy in something like raising children that we lose sight of ourselves and our own preferences. And what I think happens there is that it then becomes even harder to do the tasks that we need to do if we're not thinking about our own likes and dislikes. If we're not excited about the things that we're doing, then it's harder to do them. So when it comes to meal planning, when it comes to cooking meals for our families, if we're not liking the food, if we're not excited about the food, if it's not making those little ding, ding, ding sirens of happiness go off, then we're not going to want to do it as much, you know? 
You might remember in the first episode of this podcast, I interviewed my friend Marcy and she said something about how she has a cup of coffee in the morning and then she just gets going. She skips breakfast and she said, like, moms don't need it. Moms don't need to eat. They can do without. And I think that's related to this. And I totally agree with what she was saying. I do the same thing all the time. I just... I I think that just because we can do it doesn't mean that we should do it or even more. It doesn't mean that it's good for us to do it, right? Um, The same thing is happening with these food choices. Just because we can make bland, simple food that our kids will like, that doesn't mean that it's good for us or that we should be doing that. So as I told you, I've got a meal plan at the end of this show that has a bunch of very kid-friendly meals with some adult upgrades, or maybe you can think of it as like adult meals with some ways of making it more kid-friendly. Uh, both both apply. Uh, so we're going to do that. And I thought now I would just take a minute and tell you about some of the things that I add to bland or boring food to make it more exciting for myself. So if I'm making dinner for me and my kids and they don't like a lot of different flavors and textures, I can still make the same basic meal, but I can perk mine up a little bit. The first thing I'm going to head to is hot sauces. And this is just because I have such vivid memories of my mom when I was a teenager, maybe younger too, putting hot sauce and these spicy banana peppers on everything. Do you remember this mom? Um, it was like on pizza, on spaghetti, um, just like on all kinds of stuff, hot sauce and banana peppers. Now, I don't know if she was doing that because the food that we were having was super boring or if she just was really, really liking the heat, but it's definitely a way to perk up your food. Other hot sauces that are great are sriracha. And I really love using buffalo wing sauce in all kinds of stuff. I've even poured it into chicken noodle soup. Um, It's like, it's got this like acidic, vinegary, like tanginess and the heat. And then store-bought buffalo sauce has, um, it's basically like hot sauce, like a Tabasco kind of sauce mixed with butter, melted butter, or in the case of the store versions, um, butter flavored oil, but whatever. It just means that it's got heat, tang, and some like richness from the butter, right? So buffalo sauce is one of my favorites. You can sprinkle cayenne and red pepper flakes on your food too. Um, And like I said, the banana peppers, things like that are going to be just easy ways to perk up that spaghetti sauce or rice or tacos or anything like that. One of my other favorite condiments is one that people aren't usually as familiar with. It's called preserved lemon. You can preserve lemons yourself. I did it once. I don't think it turned out as well as the store-bought one, so I don't necessarily recommend it. Just go on Amazon and buy a jar of preserved lemons on Amazon. It'll come in the mail. Um, What they are is usually quartered or halved lemons, whole with the skin, the zest, the rind, everything. And they're put in like a really salty brine. And so it's like really, really salty, tangy, intense lemon flavor. And you take the actual flesh of the lemon, the the skin, the rind, the zest, whatever you can pull out of that jar, and you chop it up really finely. And you can add that chopped up stuff to things. Um, And also there's like the liquid. It's kind of, uh, it's like a thick, I don't want to say syrupy. It's not sweet. It's salty, but like a thick syrupy consistency liquid that you can drizzle on things. One of my favorite things to do for myself is to slice up a raw zucchini 
and then put maybe two tablespoons of the chopped up preserved lemon and maybe about a tablespoon of the liquid and a blast of hot red pepper flakes and mix that all up and it's just delicious salty lemony fresh bite of the zucchini a little spicy really good preserved lemons good on um rice it's great on all kinds of vegetables and you can just stir it into anything that could use a little bit of lemon another thing that i always have on hand that i really think perks up meals is some green onions and i usually don't just have them in my fridge i also have some growing on my counter all the time so when you bring your green onions home from the grocery store you can cut off the root ends so like the white part with that like shaggy hairy bit on the bottom and put that hairy bit down in a glass of water, like just like an inch of water and leave them on the counter and the greens will start growing like seriously within a day. It's really, really quick. So I always have some green onions in the fridge and then I have their roots sprouting on the counter and green onions, just, you know, bright, fresh oniony flavor that my kids do not really like. You can do the same thing with other herbs if, if your family isn't as into herby flavors. So having, you know, some fresh basil or um, cilantro, those sorts of things on the counter or nearby that you can add to dishes. Um, Another great place to go to look for some added delicious flavor is in oils and vinegars. So balsamic vinegar is a good go-to all the time. And then you can get like garlic infused olive oil and drizzle that on potatoes, vegetables, meats, anything like that. A really fun thing to do, um, I guess pre-COVID-19 of course, is to go to one of the um, olive oil shops. We have one here in Orlando in Winter Park, but I think they have them in other towns too. And it's like a olive oil and vinegar sampling shop. So you can go in there and taste a whole bunch of different olive oils and vinegars and then get a couple and drizzle them on your food to just make it exciting. I've got a bottle of green apple white balsamic vinegar in my cupboard right now that I can't wait to use on all kinds of things. So olive oils and vinegars are another great place to find some good flavor. And then the final thing that I'm going to mention is nuts. My kids don't really love nuts. I really love nuts. I am extremely partial to a brand of salt and pepper cashews. I love them and they're in my pantry all the time. And I just grab a handful and sort of crunch them in my hand and sprinkle them on stir fries, rice, all kinds of foods like that to just give that little bit of crunch and kind of a spicy peppery flavor really, really yummy. So those are some of my ideas for great little condiments and things to make you a little bit more excited about dinner time. You're listening to Christine talk about meal planning and time management, but do you know who she is? She's been helping households with her recipes and time management ideas for over a decade on cookthestory.com and The Cookful. With over 2 million visitors per month on her websites and over 40 outstanding cookbooks, now she's talking to you directly on this podcast and accompanying newsletter. Go to cookthestory.com slash newsletter and get her meal plans, recipes, and all her amazing ideas to help you and your family in the kitchen. Now back to the show. If you've been listening and you don't feel like this topic of figuring out what your own preferences are and adding them to your meal plan, if that's not something that you struggle with, that is totally cool. I really want this show to be a place where there are lots of different ideas and we can pick and choose which ones really resonate with us and which ones work for us. 
To that point, today I am talking with my very good friend, Ryan. He's one of my best friends in the whole wide world. Um, He's a really busy guy. He's a physics professor at Tulane University, and um, he doesn't have kids, but he loves cooking. And so I thought it would be interesting to hear from him because his struggles are different than mine, and um, he just has an interesting take on how he cooks when he's in a hurry and, well... He's got a lot of adult food going on, that's for sure. Hey, Ryan, how's it going? I'm great. How are you doing? I am good. So... Of course, I know a lot about your life, but people listening don't really. So could you tell us a little bit about your household, who's there, who is eating, and what they're eating? So I live with my partner, Poppy, and it is just the two of us. Uh, We live relatively close to her parents and her son. And so every now and again, our household extends and includes a little bit of extended family. But just for our house, it's just the two of us. Um, I don't eat breakfast, and I bring lunch uh, into work. Mm-hmm. Uh, I eat either at my desk or, or with colleagues out in the courtyard. Uh, and then when I get home from work, uh, after a little bit, I will cook dinner. We will eat dinner. Uh, Bobby and I eat together uh, every night. And afterwards, she cleans up from dinner. Uh, that's that's our normal eating schedule. Uh, as for Poppy, she snacks during the day from breakfast through lunch, uh, and then we have sort of dinner together. I'm usually needing some sort of an evening snack. So if we eat around 5.30 to 6.30, somewhere around that 9 o'clock region, I'll grab an apple. I eat a lot of apples. <laughs> I eat a lot of apples. Um, so I usually eat an apple in the evening. I might also have an apple for lunch. Uh, and it is apple season, it so is. I eat lots of apples. Any particular kind of apple? I didn't know this about you at all, actually. <laughs> I I'm like an apple junkie, right? Okay. So so uh, for eating, for straight out of the fridge eating, I like gala apples. Um, I like pink lady apples. I like apples with a good amount of crisp. Mm-hmm. That texture is more important to me than than the flavor, than like the sweetness mm-hmm. or the flavor profile. So I like that texture. Uh, in terms of, of baking apples, I like something different. In terms of, of uh, making apple pie or apple strudel, uh, I like to use like a, like a mutsu, like a much more tart, much tartar apple. Mm-hmm. But yeah, just for eating, we, we almost always have gala apples or pink lady or any of these sort of more modern varieties of crispy apples. Mm-hmm. Very cool. I I don't have that much distinguishing uh, differences between apples for myself, but I did when I lived in Toronto. I feel like there was, I mean, I'm in Florida now. There was much more of a apple season and you would see different varieties more often. I feel like the apple section is boring at my grocery store. Anyhow, (laughs) too much about apples probably. Sorry, everyone. Uh, (laughs) Ryan and I get off track quite often. It's a a podcast. It's a podcast about apples. That's what it is. We just changed it right now. TMI about apples. That's what we're doing. Excellent. Um, So so you do most of the cooking or all of the cooking, it sounds like. And Poppy is the helper washer person. Is that right? 
Yes. And do you feel like, okay, so what I know about you is before that you were living alone, you and Poppy lived in separate places before you moved to New Orleans. And I mean, you did eat together a lot, but you were doing more on your own stuff. Do you feel like you cook more now or that what you cook has changed because of people's tastes or how, how do you feel like that has shifted in the last few months? So I feel like I cook more and I meal prep less. So when I was living alone, I wasn't as motivated to cook up a dinner every night mm -hmm. as I am now. So as I am now, I, I really love cooking. I really enjoy the act, the journey of cooking. And so I really love putting a meal together. And it's much easier to do for two people than for one person. Uh, and so when I was living alone, I would do a lot more meal prep. So I would meal prep on Sundays. Uh, for lunch and also for dinners. Mm. So I, I do a lot more cooking now, but a lot less meal prepping. Uh, and I like it. It's, it's much, much more preferred for me. Uh, and Poppy does do some cooking every now and again. She will make dinner. Um, she has a couple of very interesting standard go-to recipes, and it's nice to take the night off mm. for me once in a while. Cool. Very good. Okay. So she has go-to recipes. I want to know about your go-to recipes. What is like something, okay. I want, I, I, I know you love to cook, so I want to ask two separate go-to questions. What is first something that you would make like on a crazy day, you, you're rushed, it didn't go as planned, you're running in the door and starving, you need to eat quickly. And then I want to ask after that about something that you make when it's like more special and you have time to think about it. Yeah, so the, so, the, so the quick stuff, if I have no plan, right? So usually I have some sort of a plan and I have, I have protein that's been defrosted mm -hmm. and is waiting for me in the fridge, defrosted, ready to be cooked, whether it's a piece of salmon or a piece of chicken or a piece of cod, um, something like this, right? Mm -hmm. um, my go-to whip it up really quick, I'm in a crazy rush, is I will throw uh, chicken broth like the boxed chicken broth you get from, uh, from the supermarket into a pot with uh, Japanese style, like udon noodles. I'll throw in a bunch of miso. I'll cut up a cube of firm tofu. I will uh, heat up the soup with the noodles. So I cook the noodles in the soup broth. And then uh, I cut up, I'll peel up and cut up some carrots, which I almost always have in the house throw it in there with some of the tofu and that is that is dinner wow uh, i i love i love udon noodles that have been cooked in chicken broth so that's that's dinner it takes about oh gosh i don't even it might take me 10 minutes from beginning to end mm. to cook that meal it's got miso it's got carrots it's got chicken broth it's got um you know the udon noodles and and that beautiful tofu which i'd add I usually pour the hot soup over the tofu in the bowl. So that the tofu uh, is not cooking and getting sort of fragmented. It stays firmer that way. Is that correct? Yeah, and it's just easier. You don't want to just be boiling tofu. It, does, it just needs to be heated up. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's, that's like a go-to uh, easy, quick, 10 minutes. It's there. Mm -hmm. uh, the other one, I'll give you a second one. A lot of times what I'll do is I'll just I'll make farro or quinoa and then I will throw I really like uh, canned sardines hmm. um, love them they're you know canned sardines in 
uh, lemon flavored olive oil or piri piri flavored olive oil, which is a, like a chili. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll just throw the fish, I'll mash it up, I'll add it in to the farro or the quinoa, and I'll eat that again with either carrots or cucumbers. Just throw it all together. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's healthy, it's high in fiber, uh, it's high in really good fats. I eat the canned sardines once, maybe twice a week. Hmm. I like canned sardines too. They're a good. I mean, actually, I think about this—the tofu that you were talking about. Also, the they—they keep really good. I mean, obviously, the canned sardines are canned, so they keep forever. The tofu usually has really good like sell-by dates on it. You know, so you can have a couple things of tofu in your fridge and just know that they're going to be good for a while. I do the same thing. You probably know this with shrimp. I almost, I always have a bag of shrimp in the freezer because they cook up so quickly and they're just there and I know they're there. Do you think that's why like the tofu and sardine are your go-to for that kind of meal? Yes. Cause they don't require cooking. Mm-hmm. Right. I think, I think that if, if it's the, when the protein itself requires cooking, it doesn't have to necessarily be a separate pot or a pan, mm-hmm. but it's, it's generally a little bit a step up. I have to think about how I'm going to cook this protein right. as opposed to just warming up tofu or just opening a can and shoveling fish into my mouth. Um, <laughs> is much, is much simpler. Uh, so along those, along those same lines, you know, if you have, um, hot dogs are another one, mm-hmm. uh, like you said, the pre-cooked shrimp, yeah. man, you just defrost it. You just, you, you put it in a, in some water, let mm-hmm. it defrost. And then add ketchup and horseradish, bang, yeah. it's, that's okay. it, done, you know. So. I do another, my parents taught me this one, it's canned salmon, but like the good canned salmon, like a sockeye or something. And they do that with, they warm it up with sour cream in the stove, just on the stove, just so it's warm. And they toss it with pasta or rice or I think even beans maybe, I can't remember. But the, the, it's the same idea, like you open the can, you warm it up and dinner's ready, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I don't have to worry about temperature. I don't have to worry about turning the oven on or cleaning up, you know, oil splatter on this on this top or George Foreman grill, or whatever. Uh, I just heat it up with the food I've already heated up, and then eat it. Yeah, so yeah, that's that's the fast, that's the quick stuff. Yeah. So I'm curious, um, so changing tack a little bit, um, we've talked before when you were living on your own about your rationale for eating out. So I'm wondering if now you're eating out as much. I mean, I know COVID, but you in, you're in New Orleans, so, uh, but you used to, well, you know what, you talk about it, the rationale for eating out when you live alone, what was going on with that, and it has it changed? All right, so there's, there's two answers to this question. When I lived in Switzerland and lived alone, eating out when I was traveling, um, I guess even now, eating eating out now while I travel, I eat sort of at the restaurant alone, and I'm I'm okay with that because I'm traveling alone. Um, eating out alone hasn't happened in some time, except that I will go to a place and get like takeout, right? So I'll go to one of these counter service places and get like a burrito and take it home. Um, and that is technically eating out because I'm not doing any cooking or cleaning. Um, but I still think of it as eating at home. Right. Right. So like if I stop at, uh, I mean, I don't, I don't eat what, what I would consider to be the a fast food or a drive through, but this sort of, you know, I can go to a place like a five guys and, and order a hamburger and fries and bring it home and, and eat it home. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, my rationale for that was, Sometimes 
it's it's just convenience, right? Again, it's it's hard to just cook for yourself. It's hard to find the motivation mm-hmm. and the finances and all the rest of it. And so eating out was just a way to save time and save money and save a little bit of sanity every now and again. Uh, on top of which, I enjoy it, right? I enjoy eating out. I enjoy eating new food that someone else has prepared for me. You know, if I would go to a, a, the corner taco place, uh, they they like shred Parmesan cheese on the back of the tortillas and then heat them lightly. And then they have all kinds of crazy sauces and food combinations that I'm never going to do at home. And that's that's great. That's a way to add in variety. It's a way to add in pleasure as well. Didn't happen all that much because I didn't eat alone. I haven't eaten alone regularly in a long time. Okay. Um, as far as eating out, now are you going to ask me about eating out with someone? Yeah, and, and now that you're in New Orleans, I mean, it's a new city. Oh, my gosh. Everything. Yeah, so New Orleans, not only is it a new city, but it, New Orleans is like a food city, right? Yeah, yeah. The, a lot of the culture here revolves around food and drink, and you really feel it culturally. And, man, I, don't, we're, I love it. I, I'm a foodie for sure. I love the creativity. Um, I love, you know, trying new flavors and new flavor combinations. Uh, and that, that, that really only happens when you go out. But I also just, I enjoy the act of going out. Like I enjoy um, when it's fancy. I enjoy when it's not fancy. Uh, I do enjoy not having to cook. I enjoy not having to clean. Um, I enjoy making it special. I enjoy making it mundane. Uh, every now and again, I'm tired and I'm just like, it's late. It's eight o'clock. I don't want to cook. Hey, Poppy, can I just, can we just grab food at the Middle Eastern place? Just a little hummus and chicken shawarma. Yeah, sure. That sounds great. Bring it home. No problem. Nice and convenient. Right. Um, so I, I run the gamut all the way from I eat out for pure convenience all the way through to I want an artistic, creative, I want to be wowed kind of meal, right, uh, and everything in between. So living in New Orleans, uh, and and there's, of course, a budget concern. So we eat out um, at a sit-down restaurant once a week. Okay. Due to COVID, we, 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 pr- we prioritize restaurants where you can sit outside or have outdoor seating. Mm-hmm. Um, and we also eat out approximately once a week in terms of having some sort of takeout. So going to a non-sit-down place, we go up to the counter, order some food, or we just go to a restaurant and order takeout and bring it home. So that is that is the current model for eating out. And do you so do you slot that in when you're doing your meal planning at the beginning of the week? Do you like Tuesday we're going to eat out, or is it more kind of like I'm only going to buy stuff for three meals? Like it, it, yeah, do you know what I mean? Yeah, I use frozen protein, and so I don't actually plan out the meal much more than 24 hours in advance. So if we're going to have dinner tomorrow night, I know that i got to go to the freezer and remove two pieces of chicken, if that's what we're going to have, or two pieces of salmon, or two pieces of mahi-mahi, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I do not plan the dinners for the week. Mm-hmm. Um, Carrots will last a week. Apples will last a few days. On top of which, I do not plan on my, my meals weekly. I plan on them essentially daily. So when I do my weekly food shopping, it's usually for carrots, hummus, 
chips, quinoa if I need it, farro if I need it, chicken stock if I need it. The sort of goods that keep, um, on top of which, living in New Orleans, there are markets much closer to me than in Orlando. And I lived very close to markets mm-hmm. and supermarkets in Orlando. Uh, so if I have to pick up something on my way home from work, I can just, it's on my way home. I'll just stop at the Canseco's corner market and grab milk and salami and more hummus if we need it or more carrot sticks or, hey, we're out of vegetables. Can you grab a, another head of cauliflower, another head of broccoli? done right um and so that's normally how the week goes so i I don't do this like i have a list of things i'm gonna have monday night tuesday night wednesday night dinners it's much more of a like i buy an accoutrement of food and ingredients so it sounds like you've got a really good system that is different from very different from the system that i use and is much more spontaneous and um evolving. I think that's a really cool. And, and definitely now that I think about it, like when I lived in downtown Toronto, I was much more likely to pick up things on the way home than, um, than I am now where I don't live at walking distance from anything. So I, I, I'm, I'm intrigued and I find myself wondering how much just where we live in our neighborhood um, changes how we do our meal planning, if that makes sense. It makes absolute sense. And there are people who live in food deserts mm-hmm. really far away from supermarkets and have to really plan. And then they have freezers and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there are those of us who live in cities that have thriving farmer's markets two to three times a week. And mm-hmm. so I can go to the corner farmer's market on Tuesday night and pick up fresh beets and, and carrots and collard greens, mm-hmm. um, and make a meal with that and add a little goat cheese and balsamic. Yeah, I'm starting to get hungry. Yeah, no, that's great. Well, I cannot wait to come visit you in your new home so you guys can show me around. I want to go to the farmer's markets and the alfresco dining and do that all with you guys. And, and don't forget about the bars. We have yeah. a fair amount of, of uh, craft cocktail or snobby cocktail places here for sure. Um, <laughs> It's, I don't have to tell you, it's New Orleans. It's, it's what, New Orleans, eating and drinking. And it's not all Bourbon Street either. Well, thanks. So it's much. not, yeah, I've never been down there. <laughs> I've, I've been down there. It's an experience, but it is not representative of New Orleans at all. Well, thanks so much for talking to me. That was great. And I think that um, people probably learned a lot about a different way of, of doing some meal planning. All right. Bye. Thanks very much. Wasn't Ryan great? I really love talking with him about food. He just has a really different perspective on daily cooking and eating than I do, and it really inspires me a lot. So on that note, today's meal plan, as promised, has some recipes and ideas that are just a little bit more grown up, but with ways of doing it so that if you do have kids, they can enjoy the meals as well. So the first recipe is one of my all-time favorites. This is a go-to. My ex-sister-in-law made this for us uh, when we were visiting them in London. Oh gosh, like 12 years ago for sure. And I was amazed at how simple and delicious it was. So it is this dish of chicken thighs 
grape tomatoes, basil leaves, and chili peppers. And what you do is you take a big pan. I use this massive cast iron pan that I have, but anything oven safe. And you put chicken thighs in there. You scatter your grape tomatoes or cherry tomatoes all around it. And then you put sliced red chili peppers, sort of like two slices per chicken thigh, two or three of these round chili pepper slices. And then you put basil leaves, one basil leaf on each piece of chicken. And then you drizzle the whole thing with olive oil, salt, and pepper and bake it for 40 minutes. And the basil leaves kind of blacken and the chilies kind of blacken and the chicken is cooked through and the tomatoes stay chunky, but kind of make this sauce. And um, it's wonderful. You scatter fresh basil leaves over top to serve it and so to make that kid friendly you just don't put the chili peppers on some of the chicken and if your kids don't like basil don't put the basil leaves on top of the chicken either and you're going to serve that with farro which i know ryan talked about it is one of my favorite grains to do as a side dish also it's kind of like barley uh it just cooks up a little bit faster and there's a whole bunch of different ways you can cook it instant pot is fastest but on the stove it doesn't take that long either i will link to all of those if you want to um, I sometimes add some shredded cheese to the farro while it's still hot and it melts in and my kids like it a little bit better that way. So that is the first day. You're going to make extra farro, so make like twice as much as your family needs because the next day you're going to do a take on a Zupa Toscana, a Tuscan soup, which is made, I mean, you might know it from Olive Garden. Uh, this is a little bit different than that, but similar ideas. It's like a creamy soup with um, Italian sausage in it. I use the farro instead of potatoes, and then there's kale. And if you have any leftover chicken from the day before, you can add that as well. If you're making this just for grown-ups who like spicy things, you can use spicy, hot Italian sausage. And if not, you can use mild. And this works really well with both turkey sausage or the more traditional pork sausage. Either one works. You also can use either sausage links, like fresh uncooked sausage links, or you can buy the packages of the ground meat that's seasoned with sausage flavors. Um, to make this one a little bit more adult i really like to add some buffalo sauce and some parmesan cheese to mine to my bowl full of soup at the end and this was inspired because um my boyfriend he likes to when we're at olive garden put one of those hot peppers from the salad into the soup and kind of break it up in there and it's kind of vinegary and it adds this like vinegary and spicy flavor and i feel like the buffalo sauce does a really good job of that so that's your second day the third day, you're going to do a shrimp stir fry, just basic shrimp stir fry, um, whatever vegetables you like. I have a recipe that I'm going to link to that has some orange juice, soy sauce, and sesame oil, which are all things that my kids are okay with. And then what I do is I serve it up for everybody. So it's the shrimp and the stir fried veggies and some rice. And then I have some things that are optional toppings that the kids and I can put on top. So I sprinkle mine with a little bit of red pepper flakes and I like to have a little bit of sliced, uh, minced, sorry, minced ginger sprinkled on there too. And then some chopped up green onions and some cashews. And generally speaking, my kids don't have any of those things on there. They just eat the shrimp and the broccoli and peppers and the rice, but I've spiced mine up in a really nice way. Okay, on the fourth day, you're gonna use 
some rice so you'll have made extra rice for the shrimp stir fry day you're going to use that extra rice and it may not surprise you if you've been listening that we're going to do a rice bowl i have a rice bowl for dinner almost every week um, or burrito bowl i don't really know what to call it it's like a rice base with some kind of protein and then fresh crunchy veggies on top right so in this case you're going to use like i said the rice from the day before and then you're going to get some of the pre-cooked fully cooked sausages from the grocery store. If you're kind of in like the lunch meat section, you'll find them there. They're usually like chicken sausages and they have some really interesting flavors like Asiago and spinach or feta and sun-dried tomatoes. So you can get a packet of those sausages that the grown-ups in your house might really like. And then for the kids, you can get, I mean, if you think that they won't like those flavors, you can get just like basic breakfast sausage, you know, the sausage patties or cooked sausage links. So your protein for this meal is super quick, but it's different depending on the flavor preferences of the people that you're cooking for. You can also go in with a fancier cheese on yours if you want to. So you could do some slices of brie, or you could do like a clump of goat cheese or a scoop of ricotta. There's lots of different things that you can put on your rice bowl. And then the kids, if they don't like that, they can have a sprinkle of cheddar cheese or mozzarella cheese or whatever cheese they they do like. And then you go in with some fresh veggies. So you could do lettuce, bell peppers, cucumbers, tomatoes, um, mushrooms, celery, carrots, any of those things that you like um, and have a couple of veggies that your kids like as well. So that is is a meal that is adaptable to whoever is is eating with you that day. To round out our week, the last recipe is going to be some fish tacos. I really like doing something special like a fish taco on a Friday. Um, I'm using, I'm going to be linking to for you a recipe for shrimp tacos, but you're going to use white fish instead, like a tilapia, or you can use a shrimp if you want to, but I, I really wanted, we have shrimp already on the menu for the week, so I wanted something else here. So I'm going with tilapia. And what you do is you use the exact same recipe for both kids and the adults, but you just season up the fish a little bit more. And there's the seasoning is all in the recipe there. It's got some spicy notes and some yummy savory notes. And so you're just going to have your fish is going to be a little bit spicier than their fish. And then also for the fillings of the taco, um, I really like cabbage in my fish taco, but my kids don't like that. So they're just getting like tomato, cucumber, peppers, um, ingredients that they like in their tacos. And I can have this like cabbage slaw in mine and then sour cream, salsa, any of those ingredients that you like. So there you have it, a really nice meal plan for a week with some really good ideas for making kid-friendly food more adult-friendly. I hope you love it. So that's the end of our show for today. I really hope you liked learning about ways that you can include your own preferences in some kid-friendly meals. I hope you learned a little bit too. If you want to get the links to those recipes from the meal plan and a grocery list to go with it and anything else that we talked about on this show, subscribe to my newsletter at cookthestory.com newsletter and then everything will end up in your email inbox. Super convenient. I hope you have a great week and I'll be back soon with more time management and meal planning fun. Bye. TMI is a production by Zwayne Entertainment. 
Have a production for your company or project? Contact Zwayne at ZwayneEntertainment.com. That's Z-O-U-A-I-N Entertainment.com. Music by Audio Snack. Check out more of their music at audio-snack.com. Three plates were harmed during the making of this show.